emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host Ron Baker, and today's show, folks, well, it's the 31st of the month, so you know what that means. It must be Freerider Friday. Ron, as always, jazz to do Freerider Friday. Yeah, for sure, and I love starting out the day doing a webinar with you on after action reviews. Yes, that was earlier today on my CPE. That was a lot of fun to, to do that together. But, um, you know, T minus one hour and 58 minutes to Brexit, Ron. <laughs> Good. Happy Brexit day. Happy break. Yeah, yeah. Brexit 2.0, Ed. It Brexit, that's right. Brexit <laughs> 2.0. We were Brexit 1.0. <laughs> way back in 1776 but i wanted to open i wanted to open with brexit and the speech that nigel i guess it's farage i think that's the way you pronounce it i think that's it, right before before parliament he was the founder of the 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 brexit party i believe that i think that's and, right and has since i think he, he's pretty much called it a day like he's just declared victory and I, I, you know i don't know if he's going to go on and and continue his political career but he's like i'm done you know yeah mission uh, accomplished mission accomplished and and he he had a couple of so i don't know if you saw this but there was video this is a speech i think they made it was two days ago that this was made i guess the last session that they participated in and one of the things he said, he's quoted as saying, I, I walked in here, as I've said before, and you all thought it was terribly funny. You stopped laughing in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> he did note that the British are too big to bully. And he said, we love Europe. We just hate the European Union. And I'm hoping this begins the end of this project. Uh, I, I think it was, and, the, and the, the, the other great line was, you may loathe populism, but I will tell you, it's a funny thing. It's becoming very popular. <laughs> he, then, he then proceeded to have the, the de delegation that was with him, at least the part of the British delegation that supports Brexit, they, they started waving British flags. And he started talking, he was talking while they're waving the flags, you know, waving you goodbye, he said. And they cut his mic off. And they said, you have to, you have to leave. You, you, you have to put those, take, put those flags away. We won't recognize you. <laughs> the, the flags. I mean, to the very end, absolutely zero sense of humor. Like, uh, which I guess they don't think it's funny. But I, I think this is pointing out that this, this experiment is just colossally screwed up. Look, free trade zone, I'm all in favor of which was, I guess it originally started out as what was called the European common market. Yep. And hey, heck yes, absolutely. But then, you know, to put this, this state control over it. And, and I have to say, it's, uh, it's given some people some ideas. I, I you know, the, what about Texas, Ron? What about yeah. Texas? Texas. Yeah. Texas, California. Yeah. 
could be could be interesting. You know, and the EU is still internationally very, very protectionist. I know that's the weird thing, right? You, you know, they might have a common market within them, with amongst amongst the members, but not with the rest of the world so much. Yeah, and that's one of the arguments for Brexit that people just gloss over. And what is interesting, I think, you know, a lot of the things that 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 your, the European market has done your state California has jumped on like the whole protection, the, 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 the right to be forgotten, all of that type stuff. Mm-hmm. It seems like they try it out in the European union and, and, and California's like, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably works both ways, Ed. That's true. That's true. You know, I, I still like the analogy that it would be like Congress appointing a meta Congress you know, it, that's really what the EU is. This is like this supra legislative body. And I just, it just flies in the face of everything. Congress couldn't do that. It'd be unconstitutional. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very bizarre. But anyway, I'm glad it's gone. I am interested to see how this plays out. I, I personally think that it's going to be good in the long term for Great Britain. I could be wrong. Um, and maybe Great Britain ceases to exist, or certainly the United Kingdom, because now there's all kinds of stuff that, that perhaps the Scots decide one more time that they want to declare their independence and dissolve the Union. And I guess one of the big confusing things is what do you do with Northern Ireland and Ireland, which yeah. wouldn't it be absolutely ironic if, if Northern Ireland ends up joining with the Republic of Ireland to stay in the European be, Union? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and, you know, we've been talking for years now about the, you know, is this going to start a trend with other EU members, right? Quiddly. Yeah. Uh, Portugal. <laughs> Portugal, my personal favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Madridans. Uh, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I heard a counter theory to that, that it, it probably will solidify the EU members because they've seen what a big pain this has been for the UK to disengage itself. Mm-hmm. So they're more likely. And at to least stay. they didn't have the currency, right? They at least they had prote- they had pr- protected their own currency because yeah, that right. was the problem. Because di- didn't like Greece was starting to make waves about this when they were having some yep. of their financial problems, but the problem there is is they're on they're on the European or they're on the euro. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's wild. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I did not see that Nigel Farage speech, so I'm going to have to go look at that. Yeah, that's great. It's good stuff. It's pretty funny. Stuff. It is funny. It's well worth it. All right, you're up. Okay, well, listen, I know you have this in your stack because it's one of the things we checked with each other on before the show. But uh, in Fee, there was a great article by John Miltimore. Kobe Bryant's letter to my younger self holds a lesson for us all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was tragic death, right? He was 41, his daughter, geez. Um, but Ed, before he died, he wrote a seven. He wrote a letter to his seventeen-year-old self. Um, he's estimated to be worth what six hundred and eighty million. And the letter says, "Dear seventeen-year-old self, figure out a way to invest in the future of your family and friends." I said, "Invest." I did not say give. <laughs> um, and he goes on to say, "You want them to live a beautiful, comfortable life, right?" Um, you want to make them feel good. Uh, but if you just give, give to them, you'll slowly eat away at their dreams and ambitions. Um, you'll, you'll be subtracting the most precious gift of all independence and growth. 
And he said, hurt and struggle of weaning them off the addiction of your money basically leads to anger, resentment, and jealousy from everybody involved, including yourself. This is really a profound lesson. Uh, and it, apparently they had a lot of squabbles about money in that family. His parents didn't even attend his wedding back in 2001 and neither did his sisters. Yes. Yeah. No, I had, I had known about that and that was, that, that's some really, you know, it, it, it is amazing to see what happens when money like that is involved. And I, I think he's absolutely right. I think they did begin to make amends before uh, Kobe's, Kobe was taken from us. Uh, you know, not that Kobe, I, you know, I think there's got, we got to be careful here. It, you, you certainly can, can have Kobe as a hero from a sports perspective. He, he wasn't exactly the model of, of, uh, of what you, what you might want. I mean, he did have, there was some rape allegations that was, was hushed up back in, I think 2013, but I did say this, he, he did seem to, to embrace that and, and, and take on the responsibility for what happened in the end. So like all heroes, heroes don't mean that they're perfect. Doesn't mean that they're canonized as saints. They, they all have tragic flaws and, and certainly a large number of foibles, but um, he, he was, he was definitely an interesting guy. And I think this, this, this letter was, is right on. It's, it's, it's really a, a, a beautiful testament to what we have to do with regard to not just our families, but I think the, 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 the people in our lives that, may not be as good as we are at managing our money or making money and that we can't, we can't take from them their creative outlet by just saying, all right, well, we'll take care of you and take under your wing. That's why I think some of the, the stuff that w that government does is dangerous. Yeah, no, exactly. He tweeted when you give, 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 and they take, take, at what point do you draw a line in the sand? Um, you know, he, he used the hashtags hurt beyond measure, gave me no warning. And finally love, I just, it, it's such a profound lesson. You would think that there'd be a certain amount of gratitude when you take care of somebody else, especially we're talking family here for the most part. And yet it actually does build resentment. There is no gratitude. There's resentment, there's jealousy. And you know, the John Memoir goes on to say that human beings are called to grow and create, not merely consume. It's, it's one of the reasons some of the founding fathers were skeptical of government handouts to provide for the poor. And that's what, quite frankly, like you said, Ed, it, it's, it's what scares me about UBI. Yeah. yeah it's not going it, to create gratitude. It's not going to foster gratitude. It's going to foster resentment and just a privileged class. Like, Hey, I'm on, you know, I, I get this free money and I'm owed to it. I'm owed it now. It's a right. Yeah. Just for being alive. Yep. You know, there's a great, we talked about this a little bit. It's great econ talk with Daniel Klein, who's an Adam Smith scholar. And they were, the whole show is on honest income. And I just thought there were so many good points that he made about if you make honest income, you know, honestly, really, you know, by serving others and in business or whatever, that in and of itself, that's not a bad thing. It can be a very good thing. It can be very becoming and they talked about charity and, and all of that, but there was just a lot of overlap from that show and this letter. I agree. Yeah, that was an excellent episode by by uh, Russ Roberts, a former guest here on the Soul of Enterprise as well from I think about 12 or 18 months ago. But yeah, good stuff. 
Good stuff. All right. Well, Ron, you know, we're, we're rather than try to stuff one in here, let's just, uh, we're right up against our break. So want to remind you that you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to ask TSOE at verisage.com. The website, the soul of enterprise.com. You can see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows and a new feature now that we will be taking advantage of as we tweet stuff out. And also as we just talk about the episodes, we have added the ability to go immediately to an episode by saying the soul of enterprise.com slash the episode number. Now you're not going to know off the top of your head that this is a particular episode, but it will just make it easier for us to reference them and show notes as well as during the show. So uh, to be, be aware of that as we talk through today and right now a word from our sponsor. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah, 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 Whatever. And four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Yeah, and this is episode number 277 of The Soul of Enterprise. And as I just mentioned before our break, that if you want to go to the show, it's thesoulofenterprise.com slash 277 or any number before 277 will lead you to one of our previous episodes. Our social media person, Greg, suggested that you randomly pick a number between two, 1 and 277, put it in there, and learn something. <laughs> we appreciate that game. Get us, get us involved in this. Anyway, Ron, um, so you had mentioned Russ Roberts and his great show that he did with, uh, now I can't remember the guy's name. Daniel but Klein. On, Daniel Klein on, on uh, Honest Income. Well, yesterday... Russ Roberts posted in on his medium blog, a great column about the economist as scapegoat. <laughs> yep. And this was in response to primarily a uh, Binyamin Applebaum 
article writing in the New York Times, which I, who I, I believe Mr. Applebaum has been a uh, guest on the, on uh, Russ Roberts' show as well, because I did he he did did talk to him about this. Mm-hmm. And what I think is really interesting is is uh, Benjamin Applebaum thinks that the that since 1960 between the decades of 68 and 2008 economists played a leading role in slashing taxation of the wealthy and curbing public investment uh, there there's a narrative out there ron which i find absolutely bizarre and that is that the lib- libertarians have taken over washington i know i know and i'm like really we have really? that's great news that's news to a bunch of libertarians and everything. Yeah, else. especially <laughs> me. I'm like, that's holy cow. And maybe you won is, that election in Texas. Maybe we, I yeah, know I know. <laughs> maybe. And, and this is starting pervasive. This is another recent essay from a guy by the name of Larry Kramer, president of the Hewlett, Hewlett Foundation and former dean of Stanford Law. And he, he says this. Unfortunately, today's prevailing intellectual paradigm, which has come to be labeled neoliberalism, which, by the way, side note, not not in the quote, whenever I hear, I know, oh, God, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. So this neoliberalism term is no longer up to the task. However, well free of this market orthodoxy suited in the late 20th century, when it achieved broad acceptance, it has proven unable to provide satisfactory answers to problems like wealth inequality, wage stagnation, economic dislocation due to globalization, a loss of jobs, and economic security due to technology and animation. And Russ then goes on to say, and I love this, I was alive in the late 20th century, or at least I think I was, but somehow I missed the moment when the free market orthodoxy achieved broad acceptance. I never noticed it becoming the prevailing intellectual paradigm. And the rest of the article, he just absolutely picks this whole notion apart with graph after graph, not from, you know, Cato Institute or all of these other stuff, but you know, right from many cases, the government uh, statistics showing that this is this is just nonsense com- to 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 compare that that what we have is like this huge libertarian utopia that's been it, been in practice since the the 1980s. It's just it's absolutely nuts. The number of pages in the in the federal regulations continues to climb. The the amount the percent of of government spending is now at 33% compared to 25% when Friedman published his manifesto, Capitalism and Freedom. So it's not like it's gone down. <laughs> and then all of this other stuff, and one of the most interesting ones, Grassley Show, that I had not seen before, and this is from the Brookings Institute, is U.S. healthcare expenditures as a share of GDP and out-of-pocket expenditures as a share of total health expenditures. So, yes, healthcare expenditures have gone up, but the total out-of-pocket as a share of the total has dramatically declined since 1965. <laughs> of course, that's because we're relying on third-party payers more, right? Is the, well, well, yes, yeah, but, but the point, the point being... Right. That, yeah, that yeah. you know, all of this notion that that oh well, you know, we have the most expensive healthcare. Yes, but it's not being paid for by individuals. Uh, that that's a that's a, a huge misnomer. Yeah, anyway. I, you know that you hear all this stuff about unfettered capitalism, and it's like really, it seems pretty fettered to me. <laughs> yeah, whatever fettering is, <laughs> yeah. where's the fettered capitalism? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, I mean, at best, Ed, intellectually, you could make an argument that that some free market 
principles, you know, held sway and had some dominance like during the Reagan administration, but they were marginal. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time to turn ship a big government around. And like you said, we're not there yet. It keeps growing. Yep. That's not what would happen if we had a bunch of libertarians running Washington, DC. Yeah. We wouldn't this have a department of education. <laughs> yeah. This is not to say that Friedman's ideas didn't have some impact. They clearly did. I mean, the, 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 the volunteer army yep. mean, was, was Friedman's idea. One of so his proudest I, I, accomplishments. I know. Absolutely. And, and as well, it should have been, but anyway, this is a terrific piece because it not only just that, but he just, just picks this apart one after the next, after the next. And he does say at the very end, I invite critics of Friedman to respond to the numbers I've claimed and posted here. I will happily post rebuttals and charge with different numbers. So I great love job when, by Russ Roberts. Yeah, I love it. I love it when Russ gets on a soapbox because it's kind of rare, you know, listening to the show. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't. I mean, he, he sort of, he can, but it's always very mild mannered. And I just want to push back on this. And But yeah. when he writes, he's a little bit more forceful. Yep. Yep. So great oh, stuff. Great. All right. I got one and it's kind of a follow up to the Kobe letter to yourself. This is really a story of gratitude and just, you know, recognizing where you came from. But, and, and I've heard this story before. Um, this is from Rabbi Lappin's Thought Tools, which is like a weekly newsletter he sends out. And it's titled, Don't Complain, Dash, Do. And it's from January 28th. And he, I've heard him tell this story on his show, but he finally wrote it up. And and I believe that it took place in Dallas, although I, I may be misremembering that. But a mom and dad and three delightful young children had a small, they rented a small home in a really rotten part of town. I mean, this is a town that you, you part of town that you wouldn't even want to walk around at night. And he, he devo- the dad devoted himself to his job all day, but he studied accounting at night. And his employer finally rewarded him for years of just great diligence and all that and got him involved in, in the company's IPO. And then their financial fortune soared after it went public. And the family moved into a larger, comfortable home in the most prestigious suburb in town. And, you, you know, the, the kids ended up each having their own room. And yet when the parents woke up in the morning, they'd go into one bedroom and all the kids would be in one because they were so used to being huddled all together as a family in the small little rotten house they had before. And But the dad said he did something else. He went to the old house and made the owner an offer they couldn't refuse. And he put a clause in the contract that said, um, because he rented it out and he rented it out at below market rate, but there was a clause in the, in the lease agreement that said for one night each year, we'll put you up in a hotel because him and his family went and stayed the night at that old house. Hmm. And, and, and they did it on the anniversary date that they had moved out of it. And here's what the dad said to explain this. He said, I didn't want my kids to become spoiled by our luxurious new lives. And my wife and I didn't want to forget where we came from. We decided to create a family tradition of spending one night a year where we once used to live with the intention of building a family feeling of gratitude. And as a regular reminder of our good fortune. 
And the added benefit is that our children have absorbed into their very bloodstream the belief that there is always a way out, that no matter how tough and dark things seem to be, there's always a way up towards hope and light. And I just thought that was a really inspiring story. Yes, absolutely beautiful. That's great. Oh. That's great. And yeah, what great idea for for future for anybody who who is moving up in the world to put that clause into some kind of contract, right? Yeah. Just yeah. a br- brilliant brilliant idea. Yeah, thought that was great. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thanks for sharing that one. I I got one here. Let's see. We got uh, about three minutes or so, um, and uh, might as well just finish off the, the 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 Russ Roberts stack. Yeah, Russ also is a poet. Yep, and published this uh, this poem, and I'm going to read the whole poem to you. It's called it's called Return, and uh, really 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 like this one. So it's Return by Russ Roberts. Coming back from vacation, there should be a security checkpoint when you leave the airplane. I'm sorry, sir, but you can't bring more than 3.4 ounces of regret from your trip. (laughs) For the museums you didn't get to, the restaurants where you ordered the wrong dish, the photo op you missed, the day trip you didn't take, the city you wished you'd visited instead, please empty all of your pockets of any baggage you picked up along the way, anxieties about the work you've left undone before you left, the money you shouldn't have spent, the petty fight over which train to catch on the first day that really both of you like to think you would have, you have forgotten. Not everything will fit in the overhead bin of life. So travel light on your journey home. I love it. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So, so true. So true on those, you know, re- regrets on vacation. Oh, we per- perhaps we should have done this. And I, I just, just really think that that's an important thing to, to note that we, we don't, it, it's amazing that we we have gotten this into our heads, Ron. That we have to somehow have successful vacations. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it by definition the success not not to be working and being able to go to some other culture and enjoy a different you know view and food and people and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, we no, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta have successful vacation. We gotta make sure that we we nailed it. Now, yeah. this is not to say that there shouldn't be things that you do on vacation. I'm not suggesting that at all. And my wife does a great job at planning our vacations. But we can't, you, you can't, you can't think, oh my gosh, what, what, what we shoulda, coulda, woulda done. Yeah, I wonder if that's the loss aversion Ed, coming out. You know that we we get more agitated by loss than gain. Probably. Yeah, that probably is it. I mean, when you think about it. But anyway, so those of you who are planning vacations for for this coming summer, list keep 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 Russ Roberts' line in 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 mind. It's 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 important. So, all right. Well, we're back up against the break here, Ron. Place to go is the soulofenterprise.com. Remember that we now have the slash episode numbers. Also, the Patreon site up and running and happy. For over a year now, you can listen to bonus episodes as well as commercial-free versions of the show at patreon.com slash TSOE. Also, keep those ratings coming. Love to hear those ratings from you. And we do lo- also, anything that you do send to us at AskTSOE at, Veris- at VerisAge.com, we generally read on the air. So love to hear from you. But now, a word from our sponsors. The future of online TV is here. 
view exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're doing Free Rider Friday for the month of January. And Ed, I think we both saw this because it was sent to us by uh, our, what do we call him? Our sci-fi editor, uh, pop culture contributor, uh, Robert Wood. And it's from Hard Fork, January 20th. And the UK is offering $130,000 for software that can trace Bitcoin, Ethereum, and hopefully Monero. So it's one of these, I guess, prize things, you know, where, uh, and they're really going after people who are avoiding taxes, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, going after gambling, the dark market, this type of stuff. But what what do you think about this? Uh, (laughs) I find it bizarre, right? Um, Yeah, and uh, look, I got, first of all, it hundred 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 thousand pounds is way too cheap. <laughs> it, it is, isn't it? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like, if, if I if I came up with something like this, no, there's I want well more well, than hundred thousand pounds. Yeah. Just from a value price perspective, is so, I am so not doing it. Like no, <laughs> right? In fact, I would pay somebody like figure out a way to pay somebody a hundred thousand pounds to suppress it. Like right. <laughs> pretty right. sure. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of blockchain people or, or Bitcoin people who would pay like uh, 10 times this factor to not allow it to get to, uh, to come into the marketplace. But you know, I, I mean, clearly I see why they're doing it because they're, 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 they're just worried about people being able to, to uh, circumvent the tax system. And I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it now. I, and I, I have, I did, have this in my stack, but I wasn't going to do it, but I did write down a question when I, when I posted the article to my stack and 
this is a, so this would be a question for you, Ron. You have to bring out your your tax hat. I know this is not your your straight bellywick, but you are technically a CPA still, so <laughs> I can ask you for free recovering, tax advice. Recovering, yeah, exactly, recovering. So if I if I own diamonds, I bought diamonds in the good old U.S. of A. And then I take them out of the country to a, a low tax jurisdiction where I sell them in that jurisdiction. I guess, would I owe tax when I move back to the U.S.? Where, where, where would I yeah. owe the property tax? If you're a resident of the United States and possibly the state that you're living in, like California, they would tax that. You but but only once property. I got back. So if I left and just stayed. Oh, well, yeah. Like if you renounce citizenship or. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then you'd probably be scot-free. But I'm not even sure of that, Ed, because that process takes time. But um, and, and that's what's going on here, right? I mean, these countries, the UK and the US at least, and there's probably others, they treat Bitcoin as personal property, just like you selling stocks or artwork or your wine Correct. collection. And you have to account for it. And, you know, I asked Dan Morris about this, our Verisage colleague. And I said, what do you do with people that, you know, really buy a lot of Bitcoin? Because he deals with a lot of the customers that do. Uh -huh. And he says, well, it's just like having a massive, you know, portfolio of investments, like with Merrill Lynch or something, you know, where they're constantly trading stocks and buying and selling. He said, you just kind of glom them all together and do a summary report and, slam it on the tax return gain or loss, but it's an enormous amount of work. And I just, I'm not sure how much taxes is there for the government to do this. I just, you know, the compliance costs seem to me to outweigh the revenue generated. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, it's, it, it just makes for compliance issues so that it really becomes almost impossible to transact business in, in, in Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency. Cause I go buy a cup of coffee with Bitcoin. So I got to do a gain or loss. Yeah, I mean, ex <laughs> you know, that's like, exactly right. It's like, yeah, the transaction costs are a nightmare. The compliance cost and the tracking and yeah, it's just insane. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't like, I didn't like this story, but it, boy, it's, and, and I can't imagine that any talented Bitcoin, you know, cryptocurrency person would, <laughs> would even want to contribute to something like this. I mean, they set up this currency as a way to avoid the government and not, not assist it. Yeah, exactly. Now that, no, there are sites where if you know, if you, if you put in your, your code or your, your, your username, so to speak, whatever it's actually called your, your uh, hash uh, where you can see all of your transactions and it will produce for you any gains or losses. Based on that, so those sites already exist, but they're they're independent. But as for like automatically trace and report, yeah, I'm not uh, pretty sure that's not not going to happen. Um, but it, you know, there was the the case, and I think we mentioned this a long, long time ago on our free rider Friday of the, the this the senator in the the U.S. who proposed a, a bill that said that you had to report. Uh, when, when you're coming into the country, any holdings in Bitcoin over ten thousand mm, mm -hmm, dollars? Mm -hmm. I do which, remember that. It's just like completely ridiculous. So that if I were to leave and come back, I would have to report that I ho have more than ten thousand dollars in Bitcoin. Right. I mean, 
and, and, and again, how are you going to know that? I mean, how just, do you know? Yeah. It's right. not like, it's not on you. You're not carrying these things in your pocket <laughs> and they, they don't clink. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it was on the server in the Netherlands the whole time. I was, you know, never there. Uh, I just yeah. thought that was really interesting. So thanks for that, Robert. That was, that was thought provoking. That's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that. Yep. Well, on the list of contributors to the Soul of Enterprise, this person doesn't know that he's a, a regular contributor, and that is Teen, Teen Cell from Subscribed. And this is from his January 24th newsletter. And I hadn't thought about this one, Ron, but it's, it's the, did you see this? The GDP and the subscription economy? I did see this. Yep. Yeah. So, and I, I had not thought about this, is that the subscription economy just basically falls through the cracks. For GDP, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of things do because you know, this goes back to the whole: how do we measure Wikipedia? How do you measure y y all the free things that Google gives and Facebook? It just, it, you know, it doesn't really show up there. Mm -hmm. uh, at least the consumer surplus doesn't. Yeah, and it's a, it's a huge issue. It, it's right along with uh, the quality of products getting better. Right. The, the phone might cost you a thousand dollars, but how much better is an iPhone 10 than say a six or a five? And that mm -hmm. quality increase is not accounted for in although they do, they are trying to do that, but mm -hmm. it's, it's really hard thing to do. <laughs> I, I would imagine it certainly is. I mean, and then also the, all of the substitutions, and we've talked about this a number of times, you know, what your iPhone is able to do. It, it's a compass. It's an alarm clock. It's a, it's yeah. a, a voice recorder. It's a, it's, it's a TV camera. It's a studio. You, know, you can watch movies on it. All of, all of the, those things that become smaller and smaller and back to, you know, how much does the economy weigh, right? Yep. You know, he lays out four things where the GDP falls short, which one is obviously the continuous improvement of these products. And the second one is there's lower service costs, but, but there's less large upfront purchases. So we don't, we pay for the ride now instead of the car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And that's hard to account for. And then recurring revenue was obviously worth more. He brought up the Salesforce stats that, you know, they're, they had a full year revenue in 2019 of 13.28 billion, um, but they had under contract that hasn't been recognized 25.7 billion. Right. It's that it's that recurring revenue, and um, yeah, and, and and I found it interesting. He also talks about asset efficiency and sustainability. Volvo wants half of its cars to be sold on subscription by 2025. And Ikea Ed just launched a new furniture subscription program. Wow. Yeah, interesting. I did like the, the line about, hey, you know, Salesforce, the, the Salesforce at Salesforce could basically take the year off. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, and come back. Yeah. <laughs> he does say, say I wouldn't recommend it. He does say I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't recommend it. And, and just, just on that, and I had this in my bonus stack, but Greg Tarico, our social media guy who's on the line with us, he uh, monitoring the show and tweeting live. He sent us a, a, a site for subscribing to Firewood, cuttingedgefirewood.com slash subscription. <laughs> but you know Love what? This. I, I can see it. I can see it. If, if, yeah. 
you needed you, if you really did have a fireplace that you ran a lot you yeah why wouldn't you now of course that would be seasonal but um so yeah it's uh, i love teen's newsletter he's in fact i've got another one in my stack um talking about the automobile industry and maybe we'll get to that later or on the bonus but um mm-hmm. yeah and and ed i just saw the porsche super bowl commercial it it came out of uh, an email to the on the passport program I saw that. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. It was, it was well done. It was clever. Um, but, um, it's, it's, it's not, it's not as good as the, 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 the commercial for the, 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 I have, and you know, now I forget the car, but the, the, the have you seen this one? The, the, the boss with the Boston accents and oh, no, I Rachel, Rachel Drack from, from Saturday night live and, and big poppy is on it. It's yeah, it's absolutely hysterical. You know, <laughs> there but yeah that 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 is uh i think it's it, it's not a honda it's a toyota i think but mm. it, it, it's got auto park and you just you just press the button on your fob or whatever and the car will park itself right right but pack the car it's yeah packed it it's really <laughs> it's hysterical so I, I also find so this is intriguing and we have got only about 90 seconds till the 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 break but i might as well ask you so you have a dog in the hunt in the Super Bowl, Ron, don't you? So what's I what's do. the what's what's the thought on that? I don't know, but they're the underdog in the Super Bowl, the 49ers. And uh yeah, uh what 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 are their odds at 36%? Something like oh, that. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're I you know, I kept saying I don't want to play the Chiefs. I don't want to play the Chiefs, and then the Chiefs win the game the other week and oh geez this is gonna be this is not gonna be easy because we haven't won in 25 years yeah but the Chiefs have never won yeah that's true huh if we Mm -hmm. do win ed we'll have six super bowls which will tie pittsburgh steelers that's correct yes the pittsburgh steelers and that would i got a question for you somebody was talking about michael jordan i forget where this came up it was on a podcast i had totally forgotten that Michael Jordan played baseball. Oh yeah. Yeah. Great 30 for 30 episode on that. Uh, Jordan rides the bus. In fact, it was on Russ Roberts show. They were talking about honest income. Why did Michael Jordan, you know, deprive. Right. And go and play baseball. I said, that's right. I mean, I knew Bo Jackson played both because I saw him once at at a baseball game. Um, And boy, he was a crowd pleaser when he came out. He fans went nuts. Yeah, but well, Bo Jackson played both both at an elite level. I mean, he was an all star and and Pro Bowler in both sports. And and had he not been injured, cl- cl- would have made I think the Hall of Fame in both sports. Wow. Yeah, wow. he was That's that. He was he was he was that good. Now Jordan played baseball. You remember his he he and his dad got into some. It was a gambling problem, a gambling situation. Right, right. This gets back right. to your whole Kobe Bryant thing. Yeah, which yeah. is partially why that uh, Jordan left basketball was because mm. there was, there was some investigations going on with that. And I think that's part of the reason. So he, he went and he'd be, he rode the bus plate. I think it was double a baseball with the, I think the Chicago white Sox actually. And he did. Okay. He did. Okay. But never, never made it to the major league level. And oh, okay. uh, you know, but it's inspired some others that Tim Tebow is still with the Mets organization as a 30 plus year old. So, um, and, but, but uh, quite frankly, what I, what I think it is, is it, it's a great way for the Mets to pay the guy a hundred thousand dollars a year. Cause that's the, the, his, his salary, Tim Tebow's this is mm-hmm. 
for for a great consultant and presence in the locker room the, for younger sure. guys at spring training. I mean, it's just absolute genius. So, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Well, uh, unfortunately, this is just flying by as usual. And folks, check out patreon.com slash TSOE where you can get us Greg Kite free. Uh, and if you want to send an email to Ed or me, do so at asktsoe at verisage.com. And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is, for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Yes, it's Free Rider Friday on The Soul of Enterprise, talking about various things from the Super Bowl commercials to all kinds of fun stuff in the subscription economy and Kobe Bryant. Ron, I got one here and rest in peace. We, we usually do this at the end of the year and I'm sure we will talk about this next year when we do our, our rap show, but uh, lost a big one last week. Clayton Christensen yeah. left us just a, one of the, the, the more brilliant business minds. And it, let's just face it. One of the few that you and I both really thought was really knew what was going on, really had it figured out. Yep. I, I, he was right under Peter Drucker for me. Doesn't quite come up to the stature of Drucker because I don't think he was as prolific, but mm-hmm. um, he was deep and, and he did, he did t- cover a lot of different topics. I mean, he took on healthcare, he took on economic development in that book that you and I read, you know, mm-hmm. about how, how to make other countries prosperous. And of course his disruption theory um, of innovation. Uh, yeah. Just quite a guy. I really, really did admire him a lot. I, I read everything I could by him. Yeah, and one one of the books and a story was out on on Reason the, uh, this past week about this is whatever happened to the future of the classroom? Mm-hmm. 
And so did you read that book, Disrupting I, Class? I, I did not. I read his Disrupting Health, but not that. Okay. I, I, yeah. So, and this was, I think, uh, 12 years ago that he, he, and he said that by 2018, about half of high school classes would be delivered online. And uh, they, they actually just dismissed the objection that government bureaucracies and teachers unions would stand in the way. But guess what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have. They have, big time. <laughs> they have. Yeah, and 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 I think that that's that's really the lesson that sometimes this 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 entrenched bureaucracy, uh, this is a great example of of not only the people but sometimes the systems being resistant to change themselves. And the the idea now I've even I've heard even my kids teachers talk about this that that they present in this book was called the flipped classroom. Mm. And this is something that they the teachers do talk about, but it's mostly lip service that they 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 pay. And the way it would work is, is that students would watch online courses given by the world's best instructors and then come to the, the, the classroom where the teachers would then help the students tackle bigger, more conceptual type stuff. Right, right. And yeah. I, I've, I've heard my kids' teachers talk about it, but it, it's, it's very funny because when they talk about the flipped classroom, they always talk about it in the context of them doing the lesson themselves. Like they will put the video of themselves out that the kids have to watch at home and then come back to talk about it. So it's interesting that they've even, even bastardized that. Right. And, 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 and Christensen's point was, is no, 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 no. Why should, why should we do do that? Why should we be doing that? Let's have the best instructors period do this right. and allow the teachers locally to to enhance that curricula that are out there yeah now one of the 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 speculations or one of the teachers that's interviewed on this this post says that it, it what the problem was is that it ignores the reality of student behavior which which you and i have seen and that is when we assign something you know if we ever have you ever been doing class well how about if we assign a book and you know, people will show up having read the book mm -hmm. and what happens? Half the people have yeah. not read the book. <laughs> sure. Sure. Right. So surprise, surprise, this is exactly what was happening with in, in the classroom is that, you know, the kids don't look at, but e they said, even though they, some of them do, this is, they don't, the, the kids don't know how to, how to take notes, how to remember stuff. They'll even say that they wrote it or watched it, which they probably did but they didn't, they weren't as intense in their watching as they should have been, especially if it's done at night, which is when most homework is done. And this goes back to the notion that we do our best thinking and learning and, and, and decision-making in the morning. So. Mm. Well, Ed, he was such a giant and he was, he was six, eight, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so literally a giant, it, it, literally <laughs> a giant, but you know, he had a heart attack in 2007 and then in 2009, he was diagnosed with uh, some type of lymphoma and then uh, he suffered a stroke while speaking at church in 2010. And he had trouble finding words for the rest of his life after that. And he did write a book, um, How Will You Measure Your Life, which I read and found really, really intriguing. So we've decided, folks, to do a memorable mentor show next week dedicated to Clayton Christensen because he did have a lot of great ideas. And we quote him all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially with the, the one that, that I think I, off the top of my head almost is that, that, uh, that conclusive data is only available about the past, right? To require look into the future requires a, a, theory. a theory. He was really good on understanding the difference between data and a theory and the necessity of theories and the necessity of poking holes in theories and looking for anomalies. So mm-hmm. we'll get into all that. But speaking of theories and anomalies, um, great article in the Wall Street Journal from January 21st by Gene Eagle, Eaglesham. Uh, there's a battle brewing, Ed, over Goodwill. There's $5.5 trillion of Goodwill on company books, and it's pitting oh. investors against businesses. And, you know, Amazon bought Whole Food Market for $13.7 billion in 2017. They paid $9 billion more than the supermarket's net assets. So, of course, the rest went to Goodwill. And the Financial Accounting Standards Board is trying to assess what to do with this. And right now, what you have to do is auditors have to do, uh, you know, this, this, uh, this test to see if it's degraded, right? To see if, good, to see if the Goodwill number that you have is, is, has changed, which is asking auditors to do something they can't do, which is put a value on something. It's just mark to market all over again. And it's totally subjective and it costs a ton of money to have them do it. So this FASB wants to go back to just amortizing Goodwill over 40 years. That was the rule when I took the CPA exam. So you amortize Goodwill over 40 years. And unless something you know demonstrable happened where you had to write it all off, you could just amortize it out over 40 years. And now they're they're fighting over this test because there's $7.4 trillion in U.S. deals that were done in 2019. And there's three and a half trillion of goodwill in S&P 500 companies alone. So um, the FASB starts, you know, they've started this process and they're they're soliciting opinions. And their first question, what is goodwill? And I just want to write to him and go, how we describe our ignorance as accountants stop this. This is a joke. We, we shouldn't have a test to, you know, have auditors try and test this. They have nothing to say because accounting is not a theory and it has nothing to say about value. And this is just a great example of the profession just imposing costs on companies. A whole bunch of companies are against this Pfizer and IBM and uh, well, they're actually, they're advocating for it to be amortized because they, you know, because of the cost, but, but believe it or not, there's companies on the other side saying, oh no, no, we want it to be, you know, we want the current rule to stand. And you know what this is a great example of? It's a great example of what philosophers call a deteriorating paradigm. The more mm. complicated accounting gets, the less it explains. And that's exactly <laughs> what's going on with this. Absolutely. Wow. That's, you know, I, I, I recently had somebody tr- argue with me over that whole goodwill example that you and I have used for years, you know, the Facebook one. It's, it's airtight. Said, oh, he, he, he just, it's just, well, they measured it, didn't they? No. Yeah. <laughs> they, came, yeah. They, they, they came up with a number, didn't they? Well, they're, yes. therefore it's. <laughs> they, but that's the point. They did. You didn't as an accountant. And there's no way you could have come up with the same number no matter how many computers and spreadsheets and abacuses we gave you. So <laughs> anyway, right, I'll, I'll gently slide off my soapbox and uh, next week, m- memorable mentors with Clayton Christensen. I'm looking forward to that. I will see you yep. in 167 hours.
This has been the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. Join us next week on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's 1 p.m. Pacific, where we'll talk about memorable mentors, Clayton Christensen. In the meantime, please feel free to visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com. <laughs>